Well, I reckon oh. it's time to do some explanation. <laughs> oh, dang. It's time for a retcon wrangler, isn't it? We, you, you, you best believe it. It's time for... <laughs> Time for a new kind of retcon wrangler. We're trying to explain the wild ways of two particular characters. Oh, oh, interesting. Is this going to be a PowerPoint presentation? No, I didn't have that much time. Oh, man. Okay. okay. Mind your accent. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I'm sorry. Welcome to the Ex-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm Justin. And today, we're doing a retcon wrangler. Yeah, yeah, we are. Okay, we're dropping the accents down. I, I feel like that's patterned with what we've done previously. That's good. I just wanted to... Now's a cutoff. It's done. This isn't, I, I haven't reacted yet. Oh. I want to see what it is. Oh, all right. Well, that, okay. For you listening, if you're like, what What are you guys talking about? I'm making a separate little video for subscribers of our Patreon because usually when we record, I either get uh, a issue in hand or Justin tells me to pull up Marvel Unlimited um, so that I can view what what it is we're talking about and today he set up a monitor and i'm not exactly sure why so everything's different these these folks are getting to uh see me react not just hear me but see me so so if you want in on this special sauce subscribe to our patreon for just three dollars a month and help us make this podcast even better than it already is yeah so this is the first time that we have done an episode that is not necessarily one particular thing in focus in terms of issue or interview or book. We're going character based. This is very exciting. This was all right. So I this took a little bit of time, but also I'm 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 excited because we'll see. Okay, I'm ready. Let's do it. We are talking about cable. Cable. And Psylocke. Oh, no. <laughs> and Psylocke. That's that live reaction for y'all. And Psylocke. I can't talk about Psylocke. My brain will explode. Yay. Okay. So before we get started, I do want to tell you we have a review. And we actually got a review. This is about a month ago that this came in. And oh, I just, my. I kept on forgetting that this happened. And we had the interview. And then we were doing this other thing. And I, I almost wish that I had remembered for the... X-Men issue, because it's I love this review. Ooh, okay. I love all the... Don't get me wrong. I, everyone, I love all the reviews. Thank you for all of your reviews if for helping have, our podcast get seen. If you have thoughts about the show, any kind of thoughts, write a review, send us a message on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the things. We respond to them. Email. Yes. But... I would love to start getting emails from people and like diving deep. We've got a we've got a few. Yeah, we 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 have gotten a few. You're right. But this one comes from Shannon. Shannon. The title of it is "Relive Your Love of X Men Through Alicia's Reactions." Oh my God, Shannon! Thank you. I'm living for Alicia's reactions. <laughs> this podcast takes precedence over all others. It's a must play as soon as it's posted. Oh my gosh. I started just a few weeks ago, got caught up, and now I'm stuck anticipating. 
emoji with a frowned brow. <laughs> There's so much to cover. Mad props to Justin. Yes. It's not easy to break down all the X lore for new readers. He's very patient in explaining all the <laughs> concepts and really fleshes it out in a way that's digestible. I'd love to hear Alicia's reaction to the Dark Phoenix Saga and the Phoenix Saga straight through its epic end. It'd be great to know how she sees the differences between the movie and the original story, but I understand that there's a method to how these stories are being introduced. Don't worry, Shannon, we'll get there. The Claremont run episodes really prepare Alicia and listeners for the House of X storylines going on now. I trust in Justin. I too trust in Justin. Alicia has gone from my brain hurts to obsessively researching and hitting his with the knowledge the meaning of Nimrod explosion brain emoji yeah. and, and drawing murder boards. This is an amazing podcast. Get down. Oh, my God. Shannon, you're my new best friend. Thank you so much. Thank, that's an amazing review. That review is clutch. Yeah, that was huge. That's in, that's incredible. Thank you so much. I'm sorry it took us so long to shout you out, but we did it. We just, you know, our brains have a lot in them. And yeah. you are fantastic. Okay, is it time? Is it time for me to see what this screen no. is about? No, it's not. It's not. So, okay. We're talking Come about. Come back later, Patreon. We're talking about two characters, right? Two characters Cable and Psylocke. Yes. And we're going to talk about Cable first. Okay, good. Like a nice little, like, um, because you know, palate cleanser, get me prepped. Yeah, I mean, they're both complicated. They're both probably, if I had to peg it, they are both the most complicated characters of X-Men history just because of their convoluted backstories. More complicated than M? Potentially, but I'd also throw her on that list. I just made, I just went from a smile, instant frown when you said potentially. You know Cable, right? Yes. Okay. Or actually, what, what do you know what about Cable? What do I know about Cable? Okay. I know that Cable is from the future and that he is the son of Scott and Jean, I think. Scott and Madeline. Uh, what? Okay. This is good. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because when we were in book club, we were in... Powers of X-Men book club and we read what's the first one we read? The Phalanx Covenant. The Phalanx Covenant. Yep. At the end of that Scott and Jean had just come back from being gone for all these years but they but it was not all these years for everyone else and there was all those flashbacks of Cable and Jean being his mom and they were like connected. Of Jean having raised Cable in the future but also, if you remember, second book club, the Asgardian Wars, when Madeline Pryor announces that she's pregnant with a boy. Or actually, Professor Xavier announces yes, that Madeline's he, pregnant. He tells business it's not his business. Okay. Yes. Okay. So that's... <gasps> and you also... Wait, what happens to Madeline? Oh, that's... <laughs> that's a whole... That's more than a retcon wrangler. That's okay. Okay. So just understand that that is that is probably the sequel to explanation of Phoenix Dark Phoenix. Okay. Holy moly. Because because Inferno is very much so a sequel to the Phoenix Dark Phoenix saga. Okay. All right. So what I know about Cable is wrong. (laughs) Yeah. um, Apparently. 
and no, uh, also but, know that he has like um but also if i could pause you for a second yes madeline is a clone of gene i thought you knew that i did kind of know that yeah so madeline is a clone of gene and there's a part of madeline that then returned to gene after madeline died this is garbage oh you're good okay i'm ready i'm preparing myself i'm taking some deep breaths i understand should i take notes could i get a notebook maybe i just know that this like there's a lot of exactly what you reacted to there's a lot of that in this episode then this is going to be a great episode for shannon yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) i'm actually glad that i waited a month to read that review because this is probably and it's i think it's because so retcons right yes Living in the continuity of a story and then revealing things that we didn't know about that story later on that makes you look back at those previous stories in a new light. Okay. With a new lens. Okay. Both of these characters very much so do that. Okay. So Cable is from the future. Yes. And he is a child of Scott and Madeline, who is partly Jean. Oh, oh, oh. This is Cable's first appearance, or actually, let's reframe that. This is Baby Nathan's first appearance. Baby Nathan's first appearance. In the first page of Uncanny X-Men number 201. This is the issue where Scott and Storm fight each other for leadership of the X-Men. I've referenced this issue yes, a handful of times. takes him down. I have never mentioned the fact that this is also the introduction of Nathan Christopher Charles Summers. Why does he have so many names? Because two dads. N- what? <laughs> well, no. <laughs> Cyclops is two dads. You know, Christopher and Charles. Corsair, oh, Christopher Summers, oh, 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 Charles oh, oh, Xavier. Oh, 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 Cyclops is two dads. Yeah. Two father figures, let's say. Good golly, Miss Molly. Okay. There's Madeline. This is the first time. Yeah, so there's Madeline. Rachel. 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 She's like, that's supposed to be me, but it's not me. Right. And that that, we talked about that during the reading of Asgardian Wars is that she doesn't know where she fits into this world. This picks up almost exactly right after Asgardian Wars. Interesting. What's going on with Rogue in this image right now? What do you mean? What's that? What is that? What's happening with her hair? She's just so excited. She's like a skunk line down her head. That's Rogue. Incorrect. So you didn't know, I guess, technically who Madeline was up until the start of this conversation. I mean, well, you may I, have suppressed I, like, that. It was, it was like, oh, yeah. We're going to talk Madeline's a little bit about a her. clone of Jean. I've heard people kind of say that, but like I didn't officially know anything about it. Right. So Madeline is a clone of Jean Grey. Okay. Madeline Pryor. Madeline Pryor. She is also Scott's first wife. First wife? Jean dies in the Dark Phoenix saga. You knew that. Yes. She dies at the end, and she, to Claremont's knowledge, is intent to remain dead. That They did that dirty there. Right. And what his goal was that she was going to live after that, Shooter, Jim Shooter threw in the caveat that, you know, like, how can, how can she just go off? She kind of, she did a lot of stuff in the Dark Phoenix saga that we're not going to necessarily get into right not now. Yeah. Yeah. But... How can you just say, oh, okay, yeah, she can just go back to living on Earth and be happy and go lucky and all these things. No, she has to die. Claremont's original plan was that Scott and Jean were going to get married and go off into the sunset and retire from the X-Men and maybe get pulled in occasionally. His idea was that gradually he would build a cast of characters that he could let people retire and come back and evolve the group 
into a way that it wasn't just a core set of... Which is so smart because it's so much more relatable in a real world situation. Yeah. Like, we were having this conversation with someone recently that characters aging and like what their supposed ages are Mm -hmm. and how how difficult it is to like associate them with certain ages because they've been like, okay... There's over 60 years of comics and Cyclops was a teenager, but now he's like, what, 30? Right. <laughs> so, okay. Sliding timelines. Sliding timelines. So in All this, right, so this is now, he's born. That's what we know. That's what we Step know. Step one. In the same issue, Rachel oh. makes a sigh link to baby Nathan. Oh. Recognizing their connection and their, their odd family history she creates a link between the two of them. Now, this is important because Rachel is, A, not of our timeline. She's from the Earth 811 timeline, mm-hmm. the Days of Future Past story. Came to the 616, and she also kind of travels in between. Wait, can we just take a side note for a second? Yep. So, 811 is Days of Future Past, which then becomes 616 after Kitty goes back and it changes? No. 811 is the offshoot that exists regardless of what is done from Kitty's actions. 811 is these actions happen and this timeline is created. It's it's kind of a, a loose understanding and an evolving understanding of how time travel works that if you go back, do you create a new timeline or do you alter this one timeline? Right? So if oh. Kitty's gone back from 811 to the 616 to that point and there was no specific distinction between earth numbers at that time mm. at least okay. you know uh, you know that was an evolving concept especially in captain britain which we've discussed in excalibur stories she's creating a divergent timeline that is causing different events to happen at different times got it okay so rachel is from 811 and she si- side links herself she side ducks herself <laughs> sigh, aye, aye. okay got it they're linked. It's cute. She's crying. Emotional. What is happening here? So in Uncanny X-Men number 241. So those two images were from 201. Mm-hmm. In 241, we get big reveals of Madeline and the fact that she is a clone of Jean Grey. and Made by Mr. Sinister? Kind of in the descent into this madness of becoming the Goblin Queen. And I say madness in loose terms because, well, it's not really fair to Maddie. But yes, a clone made by Mr. Sinister of Jean Grey. Okay. That's who Madeline is. So good to know. Side note, I need to have a conversation about this outfit. Yes. Okay? Because if the way her arms are over her head like this... Massive amounts of underboob. If her... No. How is that sticking to her boobs and not... How are her boobs not popping out? Does she is she wearing tape? Is there tape on there? Because that's not practical. There would be boobs everywhere. There would be, but it's a comic, so (laughs) there can only be boobs in specific places. Okay. And she's recounting a memory. Madeline is recounting a memory of the first memory that she has. The smallest little thing, a single memory. Surely that's no problem. But you can't because they don't exist. And she starts recalling a story of when Jean first has her powers awakened. What? This is all the reveal, the big long game reveal of Mr. Sinister to the fact that he has created Madeline to 
bear a child of Jean's and Scott's DNA. Like he's going to implant it in her? No. Scott did that. <laughs> no, I, I mean, they were married, so. But like, how does he, so they, is he trying to trick Scott into. The baby is already born at this time, right? In, in X-Men 201. Right. So he created Madeline because he wanted a union between the two of them. He force, foretold that that would create a very powerful mutant. So he, but did, was Gene already dead when he created her? Yeah, Gene died in early 139, I think. Okay, so he he basically was like, okay, I'm going to make this lady. She's going to be like the spitting image of Gene. So Scott, even though I don't think that they look alike, um, aside from the fact that they have red hair. Well, so that that's also a retcon. Right. The fact that she was, uh, you know, when Madeline was introduced, she was not a clone of Jean Grey. Okay. This is years later. Okay. So... So Mr. Sinister was like, I'm going to make her basically irresistible to Scott so that they have to fall in love so that they have a baby. I can get that baby. And whatever happens with their baby, it's going to be this crazy, powerful mutant. Right. And I'm going to get it. Yeah. What makes you think you're going to get it? Because he's Mr. Sinister and he's got schemes. He's got long game schemes. Who is this little like dino dragon horse man nastier and that what nastier yep is he part of the nasty boy no uh he's a precursor (laughs) to the nasty boys he is an evil demon from limbo who influences madeline's descent into the goblin queen persona that kind of unleashes the inferno onto the world and we're going to, we're not necessarily, I, I don't need you to ex- understand Inferno. I don't need to understand Madeline right now. I need really. to understand Cable. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Madeline is a means to an end of where Cable comes from. We'll talk about Madeline at another point, especially when she comes back up in the Dawn of X. Yes. And, and when we talk about the Phoenix and Dark Phoenix, but not right now. This is more of like a. Okay. Madeline is a clone. Got it. Yes. Ooh, screenshots. This is good. This is awesome. So all that happens. And then in. New Mutants number 87 in 1990, Cable has his first appearance, and there's no reference to him being Nathan. He appears, and even so... He's just Cable. Oh, look at him. Now we have a sketch from Rob Liefeld, who created the visual design of the character, and he said he was intended to be a mix between John McClane from Die Hard and The Terminator. And in this original character design, his arm is just listed to be just a cybernetic robot arm. There's no deeper meaning as to where it comes from. There's no established backstory that this is some character that we might know from some other time. Well, that's good because I don't know what the heck you're talking about. What do you mean? What You mean the arm is not meant to be from another character? Or he's not meant to be he's another character. He's not meant to be from another character. I thought you so were like, saying the arm is not meant to no. be like connected to another character. And I was like, wait, his arm is from someone else? No. So it was just intended to be a cybernetic arm, a metal arm, adamantium question mark. You know, it, it there was no deeper story. And Blue, this kind of speaks to the idea that the story is revealed over time. Steel thigh bands. Utility belt. 40 to 45 years old. Hairy arms and chest. <laughs> I like these notes. All right, so we're good now. We're good. We see him. There is cable as cable. There's cable as no cable. connections. No connections until it starts to get written that maybe there could be gradually, and it's unclear as to who created this 
deeper connection because it does evolve over the years. Mm -hmm. It is kind of built into the backstory of this character and then even further developed in mini series and his own series as Cable. But now we're going to jump back to baby Nathan. Oh, baby. Now he's a baby again. Baby Nathan. Baby Nathan's powers manifested far earlier than normal mutants. He was showing an ability to create a telekinetic force field bubble around himself and went in danger. Mm. And Scott and Jean thought, for some reason, ill-advised, hey, we should bring him on missions. You know, we should bring him places. Okay, so I was just going to ask what happened to Madeline. but She died. She's gone. Okay, Alicia, just you don't need to know about Madeline. So she died and Jean comes back. All within the time span of him still being a baby. Gene comes back before she dies. Gene comes back and is is the reason why Scott leaves Madeline and the baby. Because Gene comes back where he thought that she would be dead. Now, this is probably the lowest point in Scott Summers' character history. And it is completely a character assassination that is beyond... jaws on the floor. Yeah, no. This is, and, and rightfully so. It should be because this is not a good look for Scott, but also know that it is highly out of character and I don't accept it. I mean, I I accept it because it's the history, but I don't accept that he would actually do this and just walk out on his baby and child. Yes. Oh, Scotty, Scotty. Now that happened happened far earlier than what we're talking about now. Okay, yes. So we're back here. X Factor, giant green metal face in the background. Beware the wrath of Apocalypse. (gasps) Apocalypse. So in X-Factor 65 to 68, we're looking at the cover of 66, Apocalypse finds out that Sinister's plan of creating this this ultimate mutant that can take down Apocalypse in the future. Mm -hmm. And he has the Riders of the Storm kidnap baby Nathan. (gasps) Oh, because because Apocalypse knows... The how that he will kill him in the future? He just knows. He's just Apocalypse. Okay, moving on. Focus on the the task at hand, Alicia. Cable. Well, it's, I'm, and it's honestly, it's interesting to think about how much Apocalypse may have known about Nathan slash Cable because nothing at this point had been established or revealed mm. that this was the intent to destroy him in the future, that this was a baby that was going to grow into the ultimate destroyer of Apocalypse's evil plans 2,000 years in the future. This is just Apocalypse recognizing that he should potentially capture this. But with retcon history, you can look at this as maybe he knew because Apocalypse does have some low-level telepathy abilities. Mm -hmm. So maybe he did know. Apocalypse has got a lot going on. Oh, always. I told you that. Okay, so Apocalypse steals the baby. And infects him. With a techno-organic virus. <gasps> a techno-organic virus? Oh, my Lanta. Oh, dear. This image of Apocalypse standing. Is that Apocalypse standing in front of him? I think he's sitting. No. He's who, just huge. Who's like the, the purple face right in front of the baby there? This? Is, no. That. That's Apocalypse right there. Yeah, so who's below that? With the looks like one of the riders of the storm, one of Apocalypse's acolytes. That or one moment of his though is like giving me with the baby hanging there is giving me very much like Thanos Nebula vibes. Mm-hmm. Now here's where things start to get a little tricky. Okay. And if it hadn't gotten tricky before, yeah, buckle up, buckle up. So they defeat Apocalypse. They they rescue Baby Nathan, 
and they're able to kind of ward off apocalypse. Okay. But Nathan is now infected with this techno-organic virus. Not good. Not good. Sister Ascani. No. Comes to Scott and Nathan from the future and tells Cyclops that Nathan will die from this techno-organic virus unless she can take him into the future with her to save him. And how does a girl even know about this? She's from the future. She knows all sorts of things. And she doesn't really tell much to Scott as to what she's what from the six one six future or an alternate future. She doesn't. She does not label her Marvel universe. She just and it's it's funny because even Scott is like, "Hey, when he's cured, will you bring him back?" Yeah. And she says, "No, no." That she cannot promise that. That she is here to save this child, who is potentially a great prophesized messiah of sorts in the future. Dang. So give up your baby if you want him to live. Right. That's a good reason to give up your kid, Scott. Well, I mean, it's better than just walking out because your ex-girlfriend showed well, back up. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That was my sass. Yeah. That no, was my shade. For for real. So, so do si- they do it? Sister Ascani is part of the clan Ascani a group fighting apocalypse in the future. And that's how she at least seems to think or seems to know that Cable, Nathan, is the key. He's the key. So apparently in her future, he must not have this technovirus, have gotten this technovirus as a kid because he'd be dead. Potential. So Nathan goes off into the future. Bye, Nathan. And we continue with the story of Cable as he takes the new mutants and radicalizes them into X-Force. So can I just ask a question really yes. quickly just for a timeline in my brain? So the order, you're telling me this stuff in the order that the issues came out? Yes. So baby Nathan was born. Yep. Cable was introduced. Yep. Baby Nathan was stolen. And they were like, you. and now when Cable was introduced, did they say that he was from the future? Nope, not no. at first. Not at first. Okay. So then baby Nathan goes into the future and then Cable, as we know him, just keeps doing his thing. Yes. Okay. He keeps doing his thing. He keeps working with the new mutants and turns them from just a trainee squad to be what Liefeld talks about his, his direction to be a man of action. So that that's who Cable is. He's not Xavier. He's more of like a field operative. You know, he, he is a man that's doing things and working with them and, and training them to be more of a militarized group. Mm-hmm. And that is more of the understanding of X-Force, right? We're talking about X-Force as the CIA now yes. for Krakoa. Okay. So he does that with X-Force. Mm-hmm. He has a two-part miniseries, Blood and Metal, which is kind of a really awesome name for a, a 90s comic. Cable, Blood and Metal. Blood and Metal. And then after that, he gets his own ongoing series. So it's just called Cable. Cable. I actually have issue one. In issues six through eight, we get a little bit more backstory on Nathan. Once he's in the future, he's cloned by the mother Ascani. What? You know who the sister Ascani is, right? She's this woman right here. Yes. So so in the Cable comic, we're now getting reference to baby Nathan. Yes. So now things are so now things are starting to collide in terms of their story. Right? So at first it was just Baby Nathan was brought to the future. Now, Cable, we're getting some seeds of... Now, is Nathan that gets... Baby Nathan, is he Nathan Pryor? Or is he... Because I know there's a Nate Gray. Nate Gray is Age of Apocalypse story. Don't worry about Nate Gray right now. 
Okay, so he's cloned. Nathan is cloned. Yeah, so baby Nathan is cloned by Mother Ascani. Now, Mother Ascani, and this is another mind blower. Okay, I'm prepared. Mother Ascani is a time-displaced version of Rachel Summers. No. Yes. No! Yes. What does that mean? That means... She's already time-displaced. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So Another a... one? No, same one. Well, I mean, arguably, potentially the same one, maybe but a different like, one. Okay, okay. That's fine. Okay. So she's the same one. She's the same one. She's the same one who made a side link to the baby. Yes. Let's let's go with that. And she is just now two thousand years in the future because two thousand Yes. Because of what happened in an Excalibur storyline. Excalibur. Excalibur opening up to the multiverse, opening up to different timelines, opening up to a whole lot of other possibilities as to what could be happening. I should have gotten a notebook. You can still. Just give me a second. Okay. I just wrote down. She got a notebook. Everything we just said kind of in my own crazy way. Get it back to me. Okay. I have Rachel comes to the 616. Baby Nathan is born. He's Madeline and Scott's child who is a gene clone. Then Madeline dies. And then Gene becomes like the person who raises him. During this time, Rachel silenks herself to Baby Cable. Cable comic starts. Baby Cable's kidnapped by Apocalypse. Baby Nathan. Baby Nathan is kidnapped by Apoc- Apocalypse. Then... Uh, the, the Cable comic starts much later than this, but Cable makes his first appearance in New Mutants. Okay. Cable first appearance. Okay. Then he's brought to the future by Sister Ascara. Right? Ascani. 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 Then, sometime between after that, whenever, time travel business, Rachel goes 2,000 years in the future and becomes Mother Ascani. Mm-hmm. Then, the cable comic is happening, and then we start to hear about baby Nathan, who's a, in the future with Rachel, and he gets cloned. Yes. Okay. Jeez Louise. I'm telling you, this is maybe two episodes. <laughs> okay, part one, Cable. And so the reason why they cloned the baby was because they thought that the techno-organic virus was going too far into his body, that they weren't going to be able to save him. So they, they wanted lie. to, they wanted, they didn't lie. I mean, they, they didn't know, they were know. unsure and... They wanted, as a precaution, to be able to save his soul, his, his his genetic makeup. Those are two different things. But together they are his person, right? I mean, yes, yes. I'm just saying, if you clone someone, this is a, this is just a and so question. If you clone someone, do you really clone their soul, or do you just con- no, clone? No, they they cloned his physical body, and then were planning to implant his consciousness into that body if something were to go wrong. So they were Krakowaing it before Krakowaing it was a thing. Basically, yes. Okay. And so the clan Ascani worship Nathan as the Dayspring and Ascani son. Dayspring. Yes. Okay. Ascani. One who had been prophesized to them as their savior. Dayspring. And that's why Nathan Cable, Dayspring, Ascani son, you know, Christopher, Charles, Summer. He, he's got a lot of names. 
And that does not include Nate Gray. All I just heard when you started saying that, which there's probably going to be like three people who know what I'm talking about. But in the if Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella, there's the song about the prince is giving a ball and he has like 500 names. And it's like when you just said that, that's all I heard. The prince is giving a ball. Okay. Sorry. They clone the baby. Clone the baby. Apocalypse's people break in in the future. Now, this this future, Apocalypse has already taken over. Apocalypse wins. Apocalypse wins in this future. Okay. And, this and so is, these people are fighting. Yes. They're kind of continuing on Xavier's morals, his, his ideas of defeating Apocalypse and restoring balance to... The Force. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I heard it as I was saying it, and I regretted it. But yes, yes, if that helps. Great. So Apocalypse's people break in. They capture who they think is Nathan, but it's actually his clone. Okay. Apocalypse wants to use him as his next vessel when he needs a new host body. Now, you've seen the X-Men Apocalypse movie. Yes. Similarly to that, right? So he can kind of, that's that's one of the ways that he's lived for so long is that he finds new host bodies. New host bodies who end up looking exactly like him at the end. Right. He raises the child to become the villain known as Strife. Lord. Strife appeared in New Mutants 87 the same time that Cable did. What? They had to know this stuff was going to be part of they, the story. I don't I don't know. I don't know how much they knew and how much they just kind of wrote, but Strife and the Mutant Liberation Front, who Tempo was a part of. Team Tempo. That was her first appearance. They are attacking various things, trying to, trying to move things oh, forward. Paper. What? With Strife. I got to like, I'm cutting into Rachel's section of the... Yeah, Rachel doesn't have a whole lot of story here. This is Cable Store. With Strife, first appearance, Team Tempo. Okay, okay. So, the Technovirus does not kill baby Nathan Does not kill baby Nathan. And so, this clone is... Strife is Nathan DNA, yes, but not Nathan's soul, right? But also, he's a baby at this time, so he doesn't have a whole lot of like memories and experiences. Does he look to that like point. him? Like, does Strife and Cable look alike? Exactly the same. Confusing. This causes some grand confusion in the crossover Executioner's song. Grand confusion. Yes, because oh, I'll tell you that later on. Okay. Okay. Any questions so far? Do you, do you? I think I got it. Yeah. I got my notebook now. I'm good. <laughs> okay, great. So what you were talking about before, the aftermath that happened into the Phalanx Covenant. Yes. That happened in a miniseries called The Adventures of Cyclops and Jean Grey. Okay. And in that, Mother Ascani pulls the consciousness of Scott and Jean into the future. Just the consciousness? Because their physical bodies wouldn't survive the trip. She pulls just their consciousness and gives them clone bodies of their descendants under the identities Slim and Red. And this is literally right after they get married and and kind of overtakes their quote-unquote honeymoon. Slim and Red. Okay. So they raise Nathan for 12 years in the future. Hey, that I know. Yeah, and this is where a lot of that emotional connection comes from that you were hinted towards in the Phalanx Covenant where Jean like calls out Nathan, you know. And so it's kind of interesting because Scott and Jean, even though, you know, okay, Jean is raising him. Right. So they have to give him up. But then Mother Scani's like, 
but we still want you to raise him. Right. So we're going to pull your consciousness. And then like, is there some sort of, there's some sort of like a gap or um, time disparity where it's 12, they're in the future for 12 years, but it's but like no what, real time happens. Yeah. Something? No real time happens in, in the 616 universe in the, the Marvel time that we know it of issues. Bonkers. Okay. So they disappear. Devil, you devil. I mean, that's that's how a lot of miniseries worked and especially involved, you know, that's how the Secret Wars worked where everyone just disappeared and then they came back and then 12 issues unfolded that explained what happened when they disappeared. Similarly, they disappeared. Cyclops and Jean disappeared. They went into the future. And in this four issue miniseries, they raise Cable in the future. Okay. For 12 years. For 12, 12 years. Yes. They teach Nathan how to use his telekinetic powers to hold back the techno-organic virus from taking over his body further. Okay. Now, it's often said that that Cable could be, and especially what Sinister's plan was, Cable could be one of the most powerful mutants that the world has ever seen. But because he's constantly using his telekinesis to keep the virus at bay... He can't. He can't. Because he can't use the full potential of his powers. There are times that he does, but that is also why Nate Gray, and this is the only time we necessarily need to talk about Nate right now, we'll go a little bit further into him later on, another day. Another day. Yes. Nate does not have the techno-organic virus. But Nate is... Okay. Nate is not Nathan. Nate Nate is is a different universe version of... in In a world that Nathan Christopher Charles Summers doesn't exist... Nate Gray does. Nathan Christopher Charles Summers. Okay. Yay, 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 yay. Okay. New page of the notebook. In this future timeline, they're now able to defeat Apocalypse. Finally. Once he grows up? Once he grows up, yeah. Okay. I, actually, it, it's it's in that, that miniseries. It's at the end of that miniseries. It could, could be at the end of that, that 12, the, the 12 years. He's only 12? I mean, he may be... 14. I don't know how old he was as a baby going into the future. Nathan beats Apocalypse. But this isn't enough for Nathan. He wants to go back and defeat Apocalypse before he even rises to power. He wants to go back to where he left, thus creating some explanation as to why Cable has appeared and is radicalizing the new mutants. Oh my goodness. That's kind of crazy. Kind of crazy, but if you think about how like all those things interweave and, and I mean, sort of makes sense. It very much, even though it's a kind, it's a completely different premise in that in the Deadpool movie, Cable goes back because his family dies and he goes back to stop them before his family dies. It yep. makes me understand this better because it's a similar storyline. Yeah. So he's going back to prevent something from happening. The only difference is that in this instance, they still win. Like in in the Deadpool movie, he his family dies, and so he goes to stop something from happening. In that, like he doesn't have a good outcome in the future, yep. and now he's going back. So they won, but he's like, okay, now I know I can beat Apocalypse at this stage, so I might as well beat him sooner. Yes, and in that, Strife finds out about his plans. And Strife was raised by Apocalypse. Yes. So Strife is like P.O.'d. Yes. Strife is a bad guy raised by Apocalypse and follows Cable back into... Yes. Okay. So they're both in the future together. And then they both go back. Yo, I'm going to go back. And Strife's like, okay, I'm coming Me too. And they look exactly alike. They look exactly alike, except Strife, I don't think that he has... 
as much of the markings as Cable does. Well, he shouldn't, right? Isn't that his whole thing? Is, is that, that he, he does doesn't not have, have the technovirus? Exactly. But nobody was like, why do you look like me? Well, they were in Executioner's Song. Okay. So, and, and I'll say it here because we're, we're kind of, we're done with this section right now. Oh, we're, this is it. Strife poses as Cable and tries to assassinate Charles Xavier. My oh my! Which causes obviously uh, in when so when they go back when he's with the new mutants during that time. Yeah, after he's already taken the new mutants and brought them into being X Force, and this is the crossover executioner song when they both go back and Strife tries to assassinate Charles Xavier. Oh, execute Charles, execute Xavier. Now there's a lot more stories about Cable and a lot more complication and depth that we're not going to get into right now because A, we don't really need to for the main purposes of this conversation and what I want to do and and B, I, I feel like your brain is melted. Like this is powers of 10 all over again. But this time I have a notebook. Well, we should have gotten you a notebook. notebook. We should have gotten you a notebook the whole time. Literally when I said... I'm going to get a notebook. And then when I later said I should have got a notebook, what I really was wishing was that we had a giant whiteboard up in here and I could be like making another Moira murder board about this because I just feel like I need to have, oh, a dream. I want a, I want a giant X timeline. timeline. Yeah. I want a line I've, that goes I've thought about this that. whole room. I've thought about that, especially even like when we were talking about like X-Men 201 and when the Dark Phoenix died and how like that is very much so before that. And I feel like we've talked about that a couple of times, but seeing it in a timeline, a linear order of when things were to I happen. I need this. I need this. It's a project. I need, I'm going to put it in my notebook. So there, there are a lot of great stories. X-Force in general is great. Executioner Song is a solid crossover. Cable and Deadpool, Messiah Complex, Second Coming, Cable and X-Force. None of that really talks about Nate Gray, which is another conversation entirely. That's all in Age of Apocalypse. Okay. The one part that we will talk about is Kid Cable. Kid Cable is in... The Dawn of Dawn X. Dawn of X. Right? So you've seen... That's more like the Josh Brolin Cable, the, the big old man with the cybernetic arm raging out yes i've seen these but how does that somehow turn into a child a child a teenager right this actually connects to our first retcon wranglers episode which i thought was a nice little connection point that is the time displaced x-men right so oh. the five og x-men brought from the 1960s to the future yes to help stop and or they stayed to help stop and or influence the actions of the current x-men mm-hmm. especially scott yes they stayed far longer than was intended for them okay and there were ripple effects in the timeline caused by them staying and a character blacksmith tells cable about this he also tells them the true identities of scott and gene as slim and red which i think long-term is kind of interesting and affects his connection What's to them. What's this character's name? Blacksmith. B-L-A-Q-U-E. Oh. Yeah, that's why I spelled it. <laughs> oh, okay. Blacksmith. So Blacksmith says... And and Blacksmith is a character otherwise, but at this point he would have died 
and Cable is wondering, why are you here? So this is part of the extermination storyline. This is more recent. It's not executioner, it's extermination. Yes. Okay. Okay. So he's he tells Cable, your your parents or the people who raised you, Slim and Red, well, are actually Scott and Gene. Well, technically, no. He tells Cable, hey, this is the reason why things are getting messed up. And the same thing that you're doing, Cable's like, wait, who are these two people? They look familiar. But what do you mean things are getting messed up? Ripples in the time stream. People are alive when they shouldn't be after they've already de- been dead. Like the the fact, think of the effects of the original five X-Men coming to the future and staying there. Never have been the original five X-Men. How does that disrupt and, and augment what is happening in the timelines. So when the original five come back, there's there's two Scots, two genes, yes. two of everybody. Two of everybody. Do the original five ever go back to their timeline? In this story. In this story. How long did they stay? Years of continuity. Like a couple of years of continuity. Dang. Go home, kids. So I, I just think it's interesting how much younger Kid Cable is when he finds out about his parents than he would have been as a much more grizzled old man like the Cable that we've known previously and how that might affect his connection to them that we see now in current Dawn of X. Wait, he, Blacksmith, told Kid Cable this? Yes. Not Cable this? Yes. This is so hard to keep straight. But who is Kid Cable? Kid Cable is Cable. Just at a certain point, because of the time-displaced X-Men, his life starts to get messed up because things are going, becoming unraveled because the lives that they would have led are no longer the lives that they lead. Because they go into the future, they change things, they, they start to, you know, do they ever go back? But isn't Cable in the future? In the future future? The future of the future? D- just suspend some disbelief. Yes. But also know that there's some swapping of who's traveling back and forth in time. So at this okay. point, Cable okay. is in regular time. He's in where the Marvel Universe is. But Kid Cable is feeling the effects of this unraveling of time. Okay. So he goes back to where this point in time where the 05 X-Men are. Kid Cable goes back. Kid Cable goes back to kill Old Man Cable. Seeing what he's done as a failure to do what he should have done and return the original five X-Men. So he's supposed to be working to help maintain and and continue the flow and passage of time to do the larger ideas of what they're trying to do in stopping Apocalypse. The fact that Cable, old man Cable, left the original five X-Men and didn't consider how this would affect long-term the future, Kid Cable comes back and kills old man Cable and also sends back the O5 X-Men. Okay. I think I forgot that Cable was involved in the retcon wrangler of bringing the... He wasn't. He wasn't involved in bringing them. That was Beast. He's just now involved years later in this story. How is old old man Cable responsible for not sending the original five back? Yep. So he is a person who travels back and forth in time. Got it. And is seen He's like time police essentially, but okay. not in an official capacity. But Kid Cable sees this as a responsibility of old man Cables to have fixed this, to and have he solved didn't. this. Okay, okay, and okay. he didn't. So Kid Cable takes it upon himself to go back and fix this problem that his older self didn't fix himself. 
He's got a complex, this guy. Yes. He's constantly going back to fix things that didn't get fixed. He's like Morty with the, the save button. Yes. What is this? That's Kid Cable killing Old Man Cable. Oh, okay. Dang. Cable. Because he You're finds out. you relieved of your duty. Why didn't he stop this? Time slide by one. Oh, man. How you doing? I'm just going to skip over the fact that I don't understand where in the timeline Kid Cable is coming from. That's fine. Where in the timeline, like in publication order or where in the timeline? In... No, in time order. Like I got that. So Cable went back after the Apocalypse 1. Cable went back to the New years Mutants Years time. later. So it wasn't like an immediate thing. It was like because he, when he goes back, he's an old man. He's not like a 14-year-old kid having just defeated Apocalypse. He grows and trains and becomes the person that he thinks that he needs to be to be able to defeat Apocalypse. So then he goes back. And then Kid Cable, exact same story as Old Man Cable. But at a certain point, things start to unravel because of the effects of Beast having brought the O5 to the future. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So Kid Cable is like Cable right after Scott and Gene, Slim and Red leave. Yeah, and a, they beat closer to that time. Yes, closer to that time than Old Man Cable. I wouldn't say right after, but you know, he because you know, he's not fourteen. He's not. You know, he looks more like a. Is he like eighteen, twenty-five? We don't get a solid age on him and also age is kind of irrelevant in doesn't there. matter right okay 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 so okay just making my little notes yeah so that's cable i don't think i can do psylocke in one sitting i don't think so either i but don't i think it's gonna be a fun ride when yeah. we get there <laughs> let's talk about cable let's talk about just did did this help at all it, it It is a lot of information. It's yes. good information. I think it'll definitely be helpful in my continuation of reading Dawn of X because now I'll know this. I, it, I have so many questions from it that are not cable related, like Rachel related and yep. Madeline related and yep. just Scott's dirty, dirty secrets. So none of that necessarily. It's all important in the sense right. that it all talks about the larger story, but trying to focus on just cable's story and what brought him to be the character that he is because i feel like him and himself that that's complicated enough like yes we could have gone on a tangent of oh i 100 percent agree several other ways to describe this that and the other but yes we could have do you, it's good that we didn't yes do you have any questions right now no <laughs> <laughs> i don't know uh no <laughs> i think i asked quite a few questions in the process. What do you think about Cable as a character? He needs to like just like sit down. <laughs> sit down. Sit down, Cable. You don't like he, it seems that he's just constantly like, well, let me fix this. Well, let me go back and fix this. So let me go back and fix this. Well, I mean, if you grew up and were told that you were prophesized to be the person that saved everyone you would think that you might have to do some things to save people, right? Right. Yes, I agree. But I also feel like as a per- like, okay, let's talk about Kid Cable for a second. Yep. Okay. So Kid Cable. Well, and I also, I also want to just preface the fact that they are decades removed in terms of narrative storytelling. Right, right. I'm just, okay. So Kid Cable sees that old man Cable 
didn't make the right time traveling choice. Yes. So he, which then caused all these ripples. So then he's like, well, I'm going to make a time traveling choice. But, but making the time traveling choice to kill your future self who happens to be in the past seems like that also is going to create like he's Would agree. just stuck yes. in like a paradox of constantly creating ripples and problems that one version of himself has to go back and fix yes basically and and i mean i don't want to tell you the the latest reveal in the cable storyline in the dawn of x but there's more to it it's like just just stop. Just chill out for a minute, Cable. Just like let yourself catch up to yourself or something. I don't know. Like, yeah. where are the time police in the X Men? Well, I mean, yeah, no, that's a good the the time variance authority. You know, like the, where are they? Who's yeah. going? Hey, 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 hey. Hey, Nathan. Chill, hey. man. Ascani, Ascani, son. Day spring. Chill, chill, chill. Relax. Just sit down. That's cut, how I feel. Cut it out. And like these, what are they? Ascani. Clan Ascani? Yeah, those peeps. Like, I'm. What are their secrets? Again, right. and, I'm just right. rambling and, off all the thoughts. Yeah, I yeah, have. and and a lot of those things. So I tried to distill it to what are the points that I need to talk about to understand Cable. But the fact that you're asking questions is great because that means that there's interest in finding out more of this, that, and the other story that leads to what happens. Yeah, those are my feelings about Cable. He needs to chill out. He needs to chill out. He needs to chill out. He's just constantly, he's causing more problems than he's fixing, I feel. Potentially. And also, like, I understand he's probably got a lot of, he's got a lot to work through, okay? Like, he he confused as a baby. Like, who's my mom? Are and you my mother? And then he's kidnapped multiple, like, He's kidnapped, but then he's like taken to another time, which isn't really a kidnapping. But when you're a child, you really understand what's going on. I mean, he's kidnapped several times. And so like that's traumatic. He has yeah. a lot of trauma to work through. He's not really sure who his parents are, but then he finds out who his parents are. But they're not fully his parents. It's just like it's a lot. It's a lot to deal with. So I understand that he's got a lot to process. But I think from my understanding of him right now, he kind of jumps the gun and he's like, just go murder someone from the past and you'll fix it. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Wah, wah, wee, wah. I'm scared for the next one. I feel like Psylocke, honestly, as as convoluted as Psylocke's story in, in going from British to Japanese and back to British is not as complex because there's not time travel. Time travel is literally the worst like it is and it isn't but it's just that there are so many rules to time travel it's like who makes these rules and when do they apply and whose rules are we in and is it multiverse rules or is it single timeline rules and like like is every time cable goes back in time is he creating different time threads or that's just rachel yeah maybe i don't know i don't have an answer on that I'm not expecting you to have an answer. I'm just time travel frustrated. Yeah. But, you know, it's all good. It's all good. I got my notebook. I got my little doodle about making a giant X timeline. Just where will it go? Yeah, I don't I don't know. It will be on a scroll and it'll roll down. It'll be like I page just feel turn. Like I didn't get to do a page turn noise. Yeah, we didn't actually turn any pages. Com- computer screen page noise. 
I just feel like it would be most effective to make that digitally if possible because. But if it's digital, I can't craft. Yeah, I'm just saying <laughs> because because as we're talking, there's just so much that's added and rewritten and backstory and, and added, you know, like you you can't, you could look at it narratively and when things are introduced and what that means, but, you know, when that is effective to the previous time is yes. a different story. Well, it would have to be like, okay, one day, one day we'll have a giant magnet wall and then we can shift and move things as they change. Yeah, or like index cards, I think. Index cards. Well, Jiminy Crickets. Y'all didn't know this was a two-parter, but it's a two-parter. I mean, it it is now just we're going to have a cable episode and we're going to have a Psylocke episode. I That's tried fine. To, and I did find a couple of connection points between them. They're very loose, but That's good. Then we can talk about them in the Psylocke episode. Yeah. Until next time, old friend. Charles, you make my brain hurt with your baby. Not your baby. Not your baby, but your name's there. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan.